Hey guys, it's Jackie, founder of All Mama Care and Mama to a Super Kid. When my son was diagnosed with acute lymphoblastic leukemia at 21 months old, not only did I feel my world was ending, but I was alone and scared. I made it my job to get my hands on every resource possible to become educated about his diagnosis. And I didn't know how I was going to do it, but I was determined to become empowered and do everything possible to help my baby and my family thrive. Along the way, I've had the pleasure of connecting with some wonderful organizations and meeting some of the most caring and authentic people. This podcast is dedicated to supporting parents and families while their child is going through cancer treatment and beyond. I share with you all the resources that have played a major factor during this time in my family's life, and I'm so glad you're here with me. And now, let's get this episode started. what it means to build a relationship with patients and then with patients' families. Important of talking to them about listening to their concerns and recognizing that they're real. The Sidekick program at UMass is truly a unique and special program and one that we are happy to be involved with. It pairs medical students with pediatric patients who are undergoing treatment for chronic illnesses. It offers patients and their family support in whatever capacity they need at the time. I'm really looking forward to sharing this episode with you. If there's a program like this at your hospital, I encourage you to check it out, ask questions, talk with your child, and see if this is something that might be of interest to them. If your hospital doesn't have something like this, talk with your team and see if you can get this in the works. You just never know. It doesn't hurt to ask, and there might be so many others that could benefit from a program like this. Tonight on the podcast, I have Gina with us. Gina is a part of the Sidekick program at our hospital, UMass Lakeside Campus in Worcester, Massachusetts. And tonight, it's even more important to be talking about this program because so that when we do get back to normal, people will have even more resources and feel more prepared when they go back to clinic. So Gina, I'm so excited that you're on the podcast. I really appreciate the time that you're taking right now to come on. And um, I just want to turn the mic over to you. And if you could just give us an introduction, who you are, how you got involved with the UMass Sidekick program. Uh, that would be awesome. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. Um, I'm a first-year medical student at UMass uh, Medical School. I started, I want to say, like, end of July, like, August, which is when classes started, and uh, we had a big, like, activities fair sort of um, a couple of weeks after we started school, and there were a lot of posts on the Facebook group, and one of them was about uh, this club that we have, Sidekicks. And I just read about it, and I thought it was such an amazing opportunity to not only sort of see things uh, at, from a different perspective, um, but also to help families who are going through such a difficult time. And so sort of signed up, filled out an application, and uh, the leaders from last year, they paired us up with people and families who they thought we would be sort of most compatible with, and then it sort of um, started from there. And we're so lucky to have you as our sidekick. You know, all these 
almost three. One of the great things about having Gina as our sidekick is that it's helped me a lot. So especially when we're at clinic and Gina, you know, is able to meet us, just having a second person there, whether, you know, my parents couldn't make it because they were busy or my husband was working. It was so comforting to know like, okay, Gina's going to meet us. She's going to be there with us, help keep Ollie distracted so I can talk to the nurses, understand what's going on. I can go to the bathroom. I can go get a cup of coffee, um, hopefully get a couple sips of the coffee in before it gets too cold and just kind of like help him to stay entertained has been really, really helpful. So it's just so nice being a part of the program because I have a feeling that as Ollie progresses in his treatment, I think our friendship is going to go even farther than that, than that. So I'm just really excited to just continue to have these wonderful relationships, especially with uh, medical students, because you guys are the future. You are seeing firsthand and you're connecting with families firsthand on what we're going through, not just from like the medical standpoint and, you know, having that fourth wall of just servicing and, and, and giving the medicines, but understanding from like an emotional level how important it is to connect with each of your patients and of course every parent is different but Gina you know for me I'm super emotional there have been many times I've cried and part of it and I always tell you the part of it is just being an emotional support so I just want to acknowledge you and thank you for for doing that for me when I really needed you I mean honestly it's my pleasure to be on this journey with you and I'm excited to sort of finish it with you and send Ollie off to to Disney World at the end of it and oh yeah get him to meet Mick Mac yeah oh yeah exciting (laughs) it's one of the oldest um sort of activities and electives at UMass so it's it's been in the work for for a really long time and at this point it's sort of a very solidified quite large organization and they give donations to it as well. You know, like Gina said, it just hooks up the medical students with not just kids that are in uh, the oncology program, but also in the asthma, cystic fibrosis program, diabetes, kidney disease, and other severe conditions. It really is a wonderful way for medical students to connect with those families that really need that extra support. It's elective. You don't have at our hospital, you don't have to do it. Um, It's just an extra support there in case you feel like your um, child needs, you know, another person to talk to or play with. Basically, you guys are an extension of child life. Yeah, I would say that. Yeah, we're definitely sort of an emotional support system because we're, you know, sort of vaguely part of the medical system, but we don't really know anything. So it's not like we're giving medical advice or um, any suggestions on treatment or anything like that. But we're sort of there to, if the kid is young, then play with play with him or her and then also help the parents. And then if the child is a little bit older, then sort of talk with them about how they're feeling or, you know, sort of talk to their families as well. We're sort of a all-encompassing resource and definitely mostly focused on sort of emotional and and social support. So as you were saying, the role of the volunteers, and it's a volunteer position, correct? You don't get a stipend for it. It's something to add to your resume and your experience working with families. Yeah, we do um, do 
due to some like really generous donations, we get sort of, I think it's a hundred dollars to spend on our sidekicks. So like for gifts or take them out to lunch or something like that, if that's something that you're interested in, uh, we do get some funding so that we can sort of enhance the experience. Um, but we volunteer to do it. We sign up and we go through an application process. So the people who are doing it um, are really dedicated to it and they're really passionate about doing the program. Wow, that's wonderful that you're supported in that way. And also, I know from our experience, we've met you at clinic. And then we also, and I've talked about this on the podcast before, but we've met you out at Sherry's house, which is a um, residential home as well as the support group uh, wellness center for families in the Worcester, Massachusetts area. And we've met you there before. We played outside, uh, played in the playroom, and we had lunch together, and it was really nice. So that worked out really well for us. But it's also nice to hear that you guys have the flexibility to, you know, bring your sidekick out to lunch or do something that's outside the home or out, outside of the hospital or another support center. Yeah, we're we're definitely it depends on the, you know, condition that the patient has. So um, if they're inpatient all the time, obviously that's not an option. But yeah, if they're at home, there are some rules like we can't drive the um, our sidekicks anywhere. But um, if they're willing to meet us, uh, that's also just another way to get them to recognize us outside of the setting of the hospital and to sort of start to see us as either a friend or like another support system that's not associated with the medical team, which can be really nice, especially for younger kids too. Yeah. And like I said, it's also good for the parents too. And, and sometimes, and Gina, you've done this for me. Sometimes when I see you, I just kind of just tell you everything that's happening. Or I've told you a couple of times, like there's no filter. I'm going to tell you what's <laughs> on my, my mind. And you've been so kind and just like taking it all in. Um, and it's been really helpful because first nine months of treatment, there was so much going on. And, you know, not only from the medical side of things, but just emotionally, and there's, there's a lot going on. So um, I hope you know that, you know, you do more than just support the kids, but also the family as a whole. And it's been really just so it's such a wonderful experience. Are you only paired up with my family, correct? Yeah, so every student gets paired up with one sidekick. So they're sort of dedicated to each other and to building that relationship. And then you just continue to follow the um, kiddo until you graduate, correct? Yeah, so the first year, uh, you're sort of um, encouraged to see your sidekick through the end of the school year. And then sort of second year for us becomes um, a little bit more crazy. So some students opt to, you know, because they don't feel like they'll be able to give their sidekick, you know, as much attention as they would have their first year. Um, they sort of stop the relationship and then we repair that that um, child with another first year or something like that. But if you want to, you can continue the relationship until you graduate. And we heard from some parents um, who talked about the fact that they keep up with sidekicks, you know, years from when they graduate, when they're already physicians and they're in other cities and they still chat on the phone or FaceTime and they, they check in. And it's really nice to see that it's a long lasting thing. Yeah. And I, you know, I imagine, I mean, just with you, I feel like I trusted you in a heartbeat. So I was like, 
I don't know. There's just something about you. I was like, thank gosh, we got paired up with Gina. Like, like you're normal. You're not like all in your medical mind. Like you're very easy to talk to. And I think just continuing to build that bridge between build a bridge of trust between the medical community, your support team, and just really knowing that, you know, the oncologist got the medical point, the medical piece. And then you're kind of like an in-between, like I said, kind of like a child life support, not only for the child, but also for the parent as well. What do you wish that parents knew about the program? Like say, I didn't know anything about the program. Like what are two top things that you wish parents knew, like right off the bat, why should they get involved in a program like this if their hospital has something like this? Yeah. Um, I think the, the most important thing is that you know, some parents like you are really educated on the program. Like you really knew your stuff when we met, like you had read all the brochures. brochures. Um, I am a data person. (laughs) (laughs) Which made my job so much easier. (laughs) Like I didn't have to explain anything to you. Um, Sometimes the parents who get referred to us uh, from, you know, other departments that aren't um, the uh, cancer one because um, Dr. Mani is sort of the leader of Sidekicks and she is one of the oncologists. Uh, so she talks extensively with the parents about what the program is and, and sort of how it can be helpful to them. And some parents aren't so knowledgeable. And so I think the like important part is that like they know that they have to volunteer. It's not, they're not obligated to do it. It's sort of an additional resource for them. And if they feel like it's something that would be helpful to them and their child. Um, The second is that we're sort of not there to be like babysitters or um, sort of like chauffeurs. I don't, I don't want to like make it sound like we're not willing to do those things is that we're just restricted by some rules in that um, we can't like transport patients and stuff like that. Um, we're sort of there to meet with the child wherever they are and sort of talk to them and talk to them on the phone, talk to them over FaceTime, you know, text, whatever, um, in person, obviously, um, and sort of that it's about building the relationship, but also trying to keep it like professional as well. Right. And that also protects you as well, because, um, you know, there was one time I was like, Oh, great. Maybe we can have Gina babysit, you know, but (laughs) I, but I completely respect and I completely understand those rules around the program. And I'm actually really glad that those are in place for you guys because you are in school number one. And then this is an additional thing that you're doing. So it's just really nice to have that line in the sand and also know that, you know, you're being respected as providing this service. Um, What are some of the things that are helpful that parents do to form relationships with you and the child? I know you talked about how it was really, you know, easy for you because I already read about the program. I already know, I already knew about it. But what are some things that are really helpful that parents can do once they get paired up with you, like, or someone in the sidekick program? Yeah, I mean, I think as with all things, communication is number one. So on that first meeting, just setting expectations and um, figuring out what 
everyone expects to gain from the relationship and sort of what the terms of it are. Um, I think that's that's key because it sets the tone going forward. And then I think just realizing that we're not there to make your life harder. We want to make your life easier. So if um, telling us if we're overstepping any bounds or, you know, being open with us about what it's like for you to go through this experience um, is really meaningful for us. And it and, you know, we will reciprocate as well because like I have personal experience with cancer. So it's something that I know we've talked about. And so just sort of opening up and realizing that we're there for you and whatever that means, whatever terms that means for you um, is key. I know it's so unfortunate. So many people have been affected by cancer and, you know, I'm not sure that how that makes you feel about being paired up with a family like mine and seeing Ollie, who's not even three yet and going through this cancer treatment, you know, I imagine that you have your medical mind, but you also have such a kind heart. And I taught, I just, my husband and I pray every night, like pray for the medical workers, pray for these doctors that you guys just see so much in your training in your schooling and working with different families it's not just dealing with the medical side. It's also dealing with the trauma and the emotional component and working with families that are going through some of the toughest years of their lives. <laughs> yeah, um, it, it is interesting. I, my, so my experience with it is that my grandfather was diagnosed with lung cancer last March. So I, we went through the experience as, as a family and sort of through his treatments. And so when I learned about the program and when I filled out the application, you can choose to be paired with a cancer patient or a non-cancer. And I, and I chose to be paired with a cancer patient just because I thought that it would be really nice to help another family going through sort of a similar experience, but not quite because I realized how much harder in a lot of ways having a pediatric patient with cancer it is I see how you pack like two duffel bags just to go to an appointment you have like all the snacks like water bottles iPad like books toys I mean it's insane how much preparation you go to um the fact that you know you go to the valet and you have to like handle Ollie while you're handling all your bags because like it's impossible for you to park in the car and like transport all your things to the mm-hmm. to the clinic the fact that you know Sometimes if no one's there with you, like it's hard to schedule another appointment or it's hard to get a break or something like that. And so I recognize that I have gained so much from this experience and I hope that I've given you more than I've gained, but I I realize that I've, I've learned so much and I'm, and I'm really thankful that um, I was paired with you and that I've, I've seen how gracefully you have handled this and, I'm in awe of you and, and of Ollie. And Stop it. You're going to make me cry. <laughs> well, I also, I remember the first meeting that we had in the hospital where we were talking about this and you were telling me about his diagnosis and how you were handling it. And I almost started crying. And I was like, is this professional of me? Like, is it okay oh, if I start to cry? God. And sometimes it's a question that I ask myself um, because, you know, as, as a future medical provider as a future physician you want to be able to 
handle your emotions, but also we all we all feel them. And so with my own experience sort of guiding that, I it's hard to to balance it all, especially when it's such a such a tragic um situation but But you know what I appreciate it even more because you're real you're real and (laughs) yeah and I I think that's why we get along really well when we do meet up because you know there I remember there was a really long clinic visit I don't know what was happening blood work was taking forever to come Mm -hmm. back and Ollie was like I am so out of (laughs) here I am done I'm like (laughs) nope we still have to stay here for a couple more hours And like you said, I literally pack the kitchen sink and, you know, literally Gina, just having you sit right next to me. And I'm like, Gina, grab this snack, grab the water. Like you were just pulling stuff out of the bag. (laughs) I'm like, I just needed another pair of hands to help me. And doing that was just so nice. And you painted, you know, child life came in and gave us like a paint car wooden Mm -hmm. kit and you know, Ollie was did it for two seconds. He's like, I'm done with that. And then you and I just end up painting and he watched me <laughs> on iPad. So I was like, this is great. I'm just chit-chatting with Gina. <laughs> it was nice. It was it just it helped to pass the time and, and it was just nice, you know, to have like a, a, a wonderful friendship. You know, I feel like we just have such a nice friendship, even though we see each other sporadically. Um, and even more so now, you know, that we're quarantined, but like I said, I think it's even more important to talk about this program because when things get moving again and people continue, you know, with their treatment and, um, and actually we have clinic coming up on Wednesday, but I'm sure you have to stay quarantined. So yeah, it's just, it's going to be a major adjustment, especially with people that unfortunately have lost, lost their jobs. There's, there's so many emotions that go with not only bringing your child to clinic, but also with all these added noises in your head of all these um, major changes that are going on in families' lives. So Gina, I totally neglected to talk about how you're the team leader. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I'm one of four. Um, I have three of my wonderful classmates who are also sort of leaders for the program for the next year or so. And one of the aspects of sidekicks for us is that in addition to sort of meeting with our buddies, we also every month um, gather and we have a speaker come in and sort of talk to us about a relevant topic. So Nicole from Child Life actually came and did a presentation with us. And then episode number one, if you want to listen to it. Yes, listen to episode number one. Um, uh, So and we had some patients uh, who were, you know, in the sidekick program talk to us the first time. So we're also learning as well about sort of important issues that are related to sort of chronic illnesses, uh, particularly in pediatric patients. So for next year, we uh, will be planning the, the speakers, we'll be um, sort of pairing students with their sidekicks and sort of figuring out big, large group activities we do at the beginning of the year, like a barbecue, where we invite families and the students to sort of meet each other for the first time. And then depending on how things go with the quarantine this year, um, we're supposed to have like an end of the year party, but we'll have to figure out how that will go. But yeah, school year, yeah. Yeah, sometime in May, I mean, we'll see. Maybe it'll be a virtual gathering. Oh my gosh, can you imagine like 100 people on a Zoom call? On Zoom, (laughs) no. 
So can you talk a little bit about how this experience is going to help you in the future as a medical provider? Yeah, right now in my student doctor career, I'm not sure where my talents lie or, you know, what specialty I'm particularly interested in. So I sort of went into this not really thinking that I would be a pediatric oncologist or anything like that. And I'm still not sure, but I think that there are some, you know, universal lessons from the program um, in terms of what it means to build a relationship with patients and then with patients' families, importance of talking to them about listening to their concerns and recognizing that they're real. Sometimes we like complain about, you know, if a patient doesn't make it on time to their appointment or something like that. And, you know, you have to realize that maybe that patient has a child who's sick and they just like don't want to leave and they don't want to get out the door and how stressful that is for them. So we have to also look at it from the patient's perspective and, and realize how this is affecting them. And so adding the human element to medicine is, I think, the most important lesson that I've learned. And I think Sidekicks just does such a wonderful job with that. You're so on point because no lie, it takes me an hour to make sure that I pack the bag the night before I have all of his snacks ready to go because sometimes I'm not sure how long we're actually going to be there. Mm -hmm. And so just kind of giving him like, okay, make sure he's had a good breakfast or either eating breakfast or not eating, timing it. So if he has a spinal treatment, timing it so that he's not eating (laughs) before we leave and making sure that, you know, the whole timeline is just so, so that we're not arriving too early and then waiting. And then he's saying he's hungry, but yeah, there's a lot that goes into it even before we get to the hospital. So it's just wonderful to hear that that's in the back of your mind as well, because it really shows through when we see you and it just makes a big difference knowing that, you understand the challenges of just getting to the hospital. And even for kiddos that are older, the anxiety that goes with the night before them not sleeping, you know, mom getting worked up or just any other emotions that go with the whole hospital routine. I know some other families have an awesome routine. They know exactly what they need to do, but depending on what medicines you're on, it's really kind of like, you're not really sure how the morning's going to go. So I really appreciate, you know, you having the forethought and it's wonderful to hear that you're talking about things that go outside just the medical care. It really makes a difference. How many students are in the medical sidekick program right now? I want to say about 30-ish. And we also have several nursing students as well from the UMass sort of try school system too. And hopefully we can get more too because it's also a valuable experience for them as well. But it's at this point it's mostly medical students and I I think it's around 30. So in order to apply to the program, you have to be what what are like the um, requirements? If we have any medical students that are listening. Yeah. Um there aren't really any requirements per se. Obviously, you have to be attending the school um, in some way. And then just filling out the application, uh, sort of talking about your interests. There are a couple of essays that you write in response to some questions 
a lot of that is just so that we can get to know the applicant and get to know um, what their goals are and sort of try to pair them in the best way possible to a family. I think, I don't know how the application process will go next year, depending on how many students apply and how many families sort of sign up. But I think as far as I know, most of the people who applied got paired with someone, which is really exciting. So sort of a rigorous process and that you have to sort of send in an application and do some work into writing. But other than that, there's no sort of requirements. You don't have to have any prior experiencing working with kids. You know, you can and, and that's excellent. And you could also be a complete novice and that's totally fine too. You mentioned that you chose to get paired up with a pediatric oncology uh, family. So did you have to choose from like three or do you just choose your top one? Um, There's the option of you can get paired with an oncology patient. You can sort of get choose to be paired with a non-oncology or then you could have sort of a no preference in that you would be happy to do either one or you don't have like a strong preference or anything like that. Oh, okay. Well, we're so happy that we got paired with you because like I said, right now, you know, Ollie's so young that you've been such a wonderful emotional support to me. And I'm just really excited to continue this friendship because I know as Ollie gets older that it's just nice to feel supported. And I'm sure once he gets off treatment, that's going to be a whole nother bag of emotions. And I'm really going to need a lot of support. I feel also so lucky to have been paired with you. And just also seeing seeing Ollie and how he's grown over the past like half year that I've known him. I think at the beginning, you know, his speech wasn't yeah. as developed as it is now. And then the last time I saw him, he was, you know, explaining things to me. We were having conversations about like ghosts. And it was just so excellent to see him him grow, you know, physically, emotionally, um, mentally, just he's such an awesome kid. And, and I'm really excited to see where the future goes with us as well. Oh, thank you. I know it is wonderful to see him developing normally with his speech, because that was a major concern for us. And just as we put him to bed tonight, we were like, uh, using the towel to dry off his hair, which has grown back like it's almost in a man bun Mm -hmm. it's so long um but we were you know buffing his hair and he said hey I want to talk to you we're like hold on we just have to dry your hair but the little (laughs) things that he started saying like hey come on over here it's just so funny because at this age you know he'll be three in two months it's really wonderful to see the things that he's picking up on now and just knowing like okay his speech is developing normally we'll take it as it comes but it's just a really nice way to continue being hopeful for the future and knowing like okay this is rough right now he's under a lot of chemotherapy right now but he is progressing and that's definitely been such a light and knowing like, okay, we're going to get through this. So Gina, I think my last question is what motivates you to do the work that you do? Why did you choose to become involved in the medical community? Why did you, we talked a little bit about how chose to become involved in the sidekick program, but why did you choose to go into the medical field? What motivates you to do it? Yeah. Um, you know, medicine is, it's such a perfect blend of sort of science and humanity in that you learn a lot about the biology of the human body 
Um, like since, you know, since doing anatomy, I sort of realized how much I really, I really love it, how fascinating it all is from genetics to big organ systems, everything about it is so interesting to me. And then also you get to apply that in such a way where you help people and you see them sort of sometimes at their worst when they're critically ill and sometimes at their best, you know, when they've maybe just given birth and it's the happiest moment that they've ever felt and or experienced. And it's an honor to be a part of people's lives in either of those moments and to help them get through it and sort of remember all your your training and to be able to solve problems and so for me that sort of marriage of of science and then also the emotional aspect of it is what motivates me to learn more and to continuously try to improve it and be better. And what is your undergrad degree in? It's in cell and molecular biology. I uh, really love genetics. um, And I think it's a fascinating topic. And then also at Northeastern University, which is uh, my undergrad institution, uh, for the general biology, they made us do an ecology class. And I am not a fan of ecology. So I decided not to do general biology and to focus more on cell and molecular, which was sort of a new, um, um, what is it, a new like degree that they offered sort of a year after I started. So that was that was my undergrad experience. Wow, you're a smart lady. Uh, I don't know. I you, try. <laughs> you are. Oh, man, Gina, I want to thank you so much for your time and popping on the podcast. Like I said, I think it's even more important to be talking about programs like this so that when things, you know, eventually do get back to normal and they will get back to normal. But I think it's really important to know that like programs like this are out there. And like I said, this is at uh, the UMass University campus. Uh, in Worcester, Massachusetts. So if you are listening from out of state or out of the country, feel free to talk with your oncologist team, talk with Child Life, see if there's an additional resource, like a program like this at your hospital. Again, you don't have to be a part of it, but it may just be one thing that can be an addition to your team. Um, Talk with your child about it, see how they feel about it. You know, a lot of times, and I'm sure I'm going to be guilty of this too, making decisions for Ollie when I am going to need to kind of check myself and say, you know what, he can make this decision, either A or B, when he does get older. Um, And just kind of giving them a little sense of control uh, might be really helpful. So Gina, I want to thank you again so much for coming on the podcast. If people want to check out the Sidekick program at UMass, I will provide the link in the show notes. Feel free to either message me on All Mama Care or Gina, do you mind if they send messages to you through email? Or Um, Yeah, they can absolutely um, send me emails. Uh, I think I... Um, sent you my UMass Med email or my personal email. Either one is fine. I'd be happy to, you know, answer any questions. Perfect. That may have. Thank you, Gina. So I'll link those up in the show notes. Again, if anybody has any questions, no question is too silly about the program. Gina is a team leader and she really knows her stuff. So thanks again, Gina, so much. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah. I love chatting with you. 
Thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode. If something from this stuck with you, I'd love to hear from you. Feel free to message me on Instagram or on Facebook and tell me what you thought. Join the private All Mama Care Facebook group to connect with me directly and other listeners across the globe. You can even send me a voicemail. Simply go to anchor.fm backslash time backslash message. Wherever you're listening to this, take a screenshot, tag me and a couple friends. You never know, it might be exactly what someone needs to hear today. The light within me honors the light within you.